0: Rolling. Hello there, Andy and Zach, (laughs) and baby Summer. Checking in here on not just any random Monday, but this is Andy Van's big... I don't want to give away how old you are, but it's his 35th birthday. birthday.
1: I don't feel 35. I don't know what 35 is supposed to feel like. I'll put it this way. When I was 25, I thought 35 year olds were like basically on the verge of retirement.
0: Oh, if only.
1: All the people who are older than me are gonna listen to that and be like, just like summer right now. We are, she is upset. Dad, that's not a good joke. She's
0: She's like, like, Dad, you can't retire. You gotta pay for all my things.
1: Oh, God, pay for daycare. Starting next month. Which means we can podcast in peace. Sorry, yeah, Summer. Sorry, Summer. Your stint on the podcast is coming to an <laughs> end in a few weeks.
0: Uh, you know, we'll just send you away for some homework, and once you have a maybe a wider vocabulary, we'll have you back on the show.
1: Yeah, but right now, I need you to play with Molecule and Penguin and Chillax. Yeah? I don't know if we've had
0: a... Podcasts on either of our respective birthdays before.
1: I don't think so because my birthday would have been on a Sunday last year. When was your birthday last year? I know the date, but I don't know what day it was.
0: Uh, I don't either, but I'm usually out of town for my. That's right.
1: Yeah, so yeah, we never had a, a podcast on a birthday. Yeah. So yeah, my 35th birthday.
0: Birthday show. Uh,
1: my sister had a baby today, so I now have a nephew. So I'm an uncle.
0: Right
1: on. I'm a dad. And I'm an uncle, and I'm 35. You're a
0: lot of things today. You are a lot of things
1: today. And I didn't work out on purpose. I had a chance, and I was like, nah. Oh, I had a client bring me a really cool poster. You know, I have, like, new posters in the the gym. Mm -hmm. I joke with my early morning clients that instead of working out, we're going to go get hash browns instead. And he made a custom poster that says, I'm just here for the hash browns. Aww. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm That's excited cute. about it, yeah. So it'll go up on the wall somewhere. I didn't, I didn't hang it yet today. Very nice. Lady, you are wearing Dad out today. One of my clients took me to lunch for my birthday. That was cool. That was sweet. Another yeah. client, a few people got me some gifts. We went to Thistle Farms. Mm. You, ever, you ever been there? Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. It's really it's super busy today. Um, Yeah, we went to Thistle Farms, got to catch up, and then came home and took this little one to the park with the dog. And then came home and tried to uh, try to burn off some energy because you got a lot of energies right now, girl. What is wrong, lady? So, all right. Well, we'll come back to you. On with the podcast. Show. Um, Zach, do you want another beer? Uh,
0: you can entice me to have another drinky on your
1: on my 35th, birthday. 35th birthday. Um, All right. So you were just at the Arnold. That's right. Those so th- beers are on the uh, refrigerator door. So tell us about the Arnold. First of all, I'm not even really sure what the Arnold is exactly. So
0: yes. So. <laughs> Well the Arnold is, I think it's my understanding, actually you know it's wild. I believe the Arnold, I believe the Arnold Classic is in his 35th year.
1: Oh well.
0: Wow. Yeah, I have a, uh, a little sweatshirt that I got. That has Arnold 35 on it. That's so
1: cool. Girl, you're, you didn't go to the Arnold, this is Zach's turn. <laughs>
0: So the Arnold is an expo, is like a fitness expo. That is also Summertime. <laughs> summertime. You hear
1: me at that?
0: Take your time, Big Daddy. Alright,
1: so it's an expo.
0: So yeah, so the Arnold is a fitness expo and they also obviously have lots of competitions. It is not to be confused with the Mr. Olympia contest which is its its own thing. Um, but there's an Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio every year which is obviously where I went. I believe there's also a few other Arnold Expos around the world. I could be wrong, but I believe there's one in Australia.
1: So it's like a national, or international, excuse
0: me. Yeah, yeah. Again, I could be getting this wrong, but I think there's a few Arnold Expos um, around the world. So, all that to say, the Columbus uh, Convention Center is just absolutely chock full and slammed with people, with events, with booths, with competitions, with athletes, with fitness celebrities, fitness influencers. And it was a great time. So USAPL, USA Powerlifting um, has a competition at the Arnold's every year which is kind of like an invitation-only kind of competition. Uh, Basically, they take, like, the top X number of competitors from, like, nationals, and you basically get invited to come compete at the Arnold. So, it was kind of just another day at the office for me and for Tracy, who was competing. Um, Obviously, that's... That was my excuse for going. Um, So technically there on on work. And it was really fun. Tens of thousands of people. It's still very much a bodybuilding-centric event, I think. Like I think probably half, if not more, of the people who were there were bodybuilding enthusiasts or competitors or otherwise there to, you know, Meet and see and be seen with bodybuilding type folks, um, but there was lots of other stuff. There was a big jujitsu tournament um, that I got to see. There was like American Ninja Warrior parkour type stuff set up.
1: That's cool. So is it a for because I know the American Ninja Warrior parkour stuff is newer <laughs> on the fitness newer on the fitness scene, is it a way to like introduce or showcase, I guess it you know, showcases some different like stuff? Very, people seen?
0: Yeah, very much so. In fact, I remember reading old articles about how dragondoor.com had a booth at the Arnold years ago and Pavel was there and there was some like, you know, they would set out kettlebells and like, challenge the bodybuilders to do like a strict military press with, you know, a big kettlebell. And that's kind of how they got their start. That was like their, maybe one of their breakout moments. So I think a lot of fitness brands um, who are up and coming get, you know, I think it's very much a thing to like be seen at the Arnold. So, yeah, I mean, jujitsu, the mats had a huge footprint in the expo center. I tell you what else had a huge footprint that I had never seen before. I don't even technically know what it's called, but there were dudes dressed up in full medieval armor going at each other with swords and battle axes.
1: So, like hardcore LARPing. It was hardcore LARPing. I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, I think that would be fun. Yeah. As much as it uh, sounds like you'd come away with a few concussions, but.
0: They, they looked like that they were really going at it and the armor was, was real. You know, they would go around and like, let you like, you know, bang on the helmets and. With a hammer? I think with your fist, but yeah. Um, So yeah, that was funny. And they, again, they had a huge, a huge spot. So I don't even know what you would have to pay to. You know, to get a bunch of that real estate space there in the middle of the of the expo, um, but of course there was you know strongman, there was like deadlift exhibition, there was uh, bench press exhibition, a lot of stuff that I missed. You know, I really didn't, I really didn't get to walk around too much, and it was a little overstimulating for an introvert like myself. Probably overstimulating for just about anybody, yeah. honestly. Um, but it was really cool. Like everybody was super friendly. There were lines to see various folks, um, bodybuilders of all kinds. I know, um, Lane Norton was there. Mike Isratel was there. Um, a lot of folks who obviously I have no idea who they are. You know, I would ask people like, Hey, who are you waiting in line to see? And they would say some... CrossFitter or some bodybuilder Who I really had no idea but that's I I think it's a thing for a lot of like fitness enthusiasts to just go and just experience it, you know Probably not something I would necessarily want to do if I didn't have a good excuse to like be there and to actually work Um, but what was funny and I told you this is I was in that I was in that Expo Center for about five minutes when this guy comes up to me, who clearly thought I was someone else. He was not necessarily a fan of the show, although I wish, as, as much as my ego wishes that he was. Um, and he was like, hey, like I saw you last year on the team doing the thing, and English was not his first language, and he was there with like his like seven-year-old daughter. And he was just very excited to see me, and I didn't have the heart to tell him that I was not who he thought I was. So I was just like, yeah, man, you know, appreciate the support, blah, blah, blah. So he took a picture with me and
1: (laughs) went on his way. I hope he shows somebody, and that person's like, that's not. That's not him. Or I wonder if he, like, finds the real guy later. And it was like, well then who was that other guy I took the picture man? <laughs> uh
0: yeah, maybe one day, Andy, you and I uh will be invited or or we'll have a booth and we'll do a a, a podcast meet and greet.
1: That'd be kinda cool. Yeah. Maybe in five hundred episodes. Yeah. When we get to Joe Rogan's level.
0: So, um the real reason why I was there obviously was to help handle Tracy Cook. Uh, and she had a really amazing meet. You can see all of her lifts and her recap on Instagram, but she, she knocked it out of the park. She got a silver place finish, um, knocked out a, uh, 308 pounds, uh, back squat that, uh, had been a little fickle, had been a little fickle over the last few competitions. So she really, really nailed it. Uh... She was two for three on bench press, and then three for three on her deadlift. Excellent. Um, so she had a really great meet, and it was really fun. You know, people were there. You know, it was kind of like a a who's who. You know, the I guess probably the two biggest you know competitions in USAPL are the nationals and the Arnold. And it was my first Arnold. It was Tracy's first Arnold. And yeah, lots of friends, lots of old and new friends, lots of great competitors. This, the best of the best are all there being represented. So it was, a, it was a awesome time. And the little area in downtown Columbus was super cute. We got to walk from the hotel to the place, lots of places to eat and drink. And it was a bit of a whirlwind, just kind of a long weekend trip, in and out, didn't get much sleep, but it's all part of the gig.
1: That sounds like a good time. Yeah, man. It was super fun. Yeah, unless I went for a specific reason, I don't think I could find myself going to a fitness event like that. Yeah.
0: But... Everything from equipment manufacturers to supplement companies.
1: Well, I'm sure Rogue had a massive presence there because they're based out of Columbus, right?
0: Yeah, I mean the uh, Rogue sponsors like a stage. Yeah. So there's like the Rogue stage, and then there's like the bodybuilding stage, and then I think there was maybe one other main stage, and there are just events happening all day from morning till night, on this stage, that stage. And so the powerlifting competition was actually not in the expo hall, but it was actually, like, on the outside, kind of in its own, like, corner of the of the building. Mm. So it was actually kind of nice. Yeah. Um, that you didn't have to be in the thick of all that stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, all sorts of random random events, random sports. Um, there was a kettlebell sport competition, which I'm sure you don't know anything about kettlebell sport is, um, I guess they kind of take their cue from Olympic lifting and kettlebell sport. I could be wrong is just the kettlebell snatch and the kettlebell clean and jerk. Mm. Just like how we have with the barbell and Olympic lifting. But it is done for time. So it's very, very high repetition. And the style of kettlebell lifting is far different from what I specialize in. Um, And not that I'm throwing shade at any of the kettlebell sport folks. I've just had like some weird experiences with some people in that in that community, <laughs> um, but of course, like I couldn't I couldn't not you know check it out. So I go down the the hall, and so the the kettlebell competition is in its own like little conference room, and <laughs> it was it was kind of just laughable. There was like there was like sixty chairs set out, and there was maybe four or five people in the whole thing, and there was like, they were playing like cheesy music, and if anybody's ever like watched kettlebell sport, it's, please don't come after me. It's kind of like watching paint dry. Mm. It's, again, they're timed events. So anywhere I think between like five and 10 minutes, and it's just, snatch the kettlebell. Snatch the kettlebell. And then you have a judge who's like counting reps, so there's, you know, with each rep, You know, you can kind of see it on the scoreboard. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of funny. The thing that I missed that I wish I really wanted to check out was the strict curl competition.
1: Okay. Strict curl, like bicep curl? Yeah. This is the heaviest curl you can do.
0: Because, you know, strict curl was part of the original powerlifting competition.
1: That's right. I forgot about that.
0: So I really wanted to check it out.
1: I wonder if there's any torn biceps that day. Now listen here. Uh, uh, uh. No, we're doing really good. You're doing really, really good.
0: So it was fun. I really hope um, I get the opportunity. Well, listen to me talk about I hope. I'm confident that Tracy Cook is going to continue her massive run of success in the powerlifting world with USAPL and be invited back again next year and um, hopefully uh, she invites me along with her. Um, Because it really was fun. It really was a cool time. And yeah, you just, you got to see, um, you got to see a little little bit of everything. And I was kind of surprised at just how like, kind of friendly and how relatively normal everyone was. I was kind of expecting like big clicks of like, you know, bodybuilding, folks and there to be like, you know, some of that kind of bravado type attitude, but everybody was super cool. And I obviously, I think most people who were there were just kind of normal, normal people. And again, you have just a a good mix of all sorts of different sports and, you know, people who are there to see and do different things. So it was a, it was a really great time.
1: Well, cool. Glad you had fun. I'm curious, if like maybe the reason why the everybody was cool is like at that level, like you don't really have like an ego. I mean, you probably do, but like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like when you get to a certain level or I don't know, it's a common interest that, that everyone's there for a common interest outside of necessarily competing as far as like the guests. Right. right. And you and I don't compete against anybody at Gym 5, because we're the strongest by a mile, so, like...
0: I mean, listen, Andy Van, I will say this.
1: <laughs> I mean, nobody else is pressing... What did we press that day? Well, hundreds. Yeah. Nobody, I don't see a lot of people pressing hundreds I mean, there. honestly,
0: dude, like, not for nothing. I don't want to toot our horns, but I haven't seen anybody touch hundreds.
1: I mean, that guy you introduced me to the other, that other day... He was only deadlifting, what, 545 pounds?
0: I think so. Okay,
1: well. Yeah.
0: He's a super nice guy. He's deadlifted almost, I think, him and maybe one other guy I've seen deadlift over 500 very clean in that gym.
1: The only other guy I've ever seen is a big guy, or I haven't seen him in a while, big guy with a big beard. But Mm. I haven't seen him in a while.
0: There's a guy who you would probably recognize who's like almost always in like a black, like tight get up, like, like he's got like a long sleeve shirt, athletic shirt. That's always like tight and black leggings that are always black. And then usually like some like shiny shoes. You'd recognize him if you saw him. I've seen him pull over 600 very clean. Yeah very yeah very very super jacked dude that's neither here nor there hmm. but yeah
1: well cool sounds like a good time unless i'm invited i don't think i'll ever go to an event like that i don't like going to a lot of fitness events i actually well let me back up i prefer if i'm going to do continuing education to go to an event but as an introvert like you i have a difficulty striking up conversation with strangers i actually don't do it at all i have like a phobia of it So it's a very unpleasant experience to go where I don't know anybody. So...
0: It would be cool if there was some sort of... more like seminar-based event. Maybe something like in that continuing education realm. I'm about to see... Excuse me. Oh, Summer, did I wake you up? I'm sorry. she She was snoozing. I'm sorry. She's giving me the side eye. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay.
1: This is this is that department. So you, you know, manage your expectations. Oh, that's better. That's better.
0: Yeah. So it it would be cool. Um. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there were seminar type events, but I don't think so, man. I think I think pretty much everything was either. Competition based, or, um, they're trying to sell you something. or they're trying to sell you something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, you know what? Um, never mind. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I was going to say I wish that there were more uh, companies that were making more compact equipment for like small spaces, like garages, or like work personal workout studios, or like for me. You know, seven hundred square feet. I told you, I told you, I think, but I didn't tell anyone on the podcast. I have been offered an extension on my lease. Mm -hmm. So, congrats. Thank you. I haven't kicked you out yet. I hadn't. I mean, I hadn't given him a reason to, which is kind of what I intended when I started, like started out, because that's always the one thing that I hear about with people, like with, with gyms that go under, is. The property managers don't like them because they make too much noise or they're, they're too reckless or they're in over their head as far as like overhead and all that. Um, I am neither of those things. So I'm going to stay a while. Okay. But I, I, I do, well, well, we'll give another two years. I've only been there a year and a half and things are good. So I'm just going to keep cruising, see what happens. Very nice. Um, so yeah. Um, Okay. Defining fitness at certain ages?
0: Sure.
1: I don't like the idea of... I want to approach this subject first acknowledging that. I don't want to limit possibility. Mm -hmm. A a very clear example of this is... I I don't know... um, Oh... I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Your client. Tracy. Tracy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I I kept wanting to say Trisha. I was like, that's not it. Tracy. I'm sorry, Tracy. You're probably listening to this. Tracy didn't start lifting until, what, 40s? Late 30s, 40s? And now she's a beast. Like, she is slinging some weight. She is a prime example of someone who got started way later in life, it has achieved some pretty incredible things. So I wanna approach this subject carefully in that I'm not trying to limit possibility, that sure. there's, there's a lot of room for growth. But trying to define what fitness looks like at different ages, like my goals now at 35 look different than my goals at 25. Mm-hmm. And my abilities and my recovery and things are different. I've got a baby, so things are different. Um, I don't know I've been having this I had this discussion today with a client and I'm curious your thoughts you and I work out probably well your your workouts are different right now but you and I typically work out what four or five days a week ish Mm -hmm. that's a lot of opportunity for getting a lot of work in right like four or five hours worth If you only have two hours to work out and to make meaningful gains, and I say meaningful in quotation marks here because I don't know what that means to certain individuals, but to make meaningful gains. I was talking with a client, I was like, you know, should I push my general population clients to accomplish as much intensity and as much volume as possible in two workouts In other words try to maximize efficiency And because most my people I don't know about your people but a lot of my people only see me to work out and they don't work out on their own Mm -hmm. right so so that time is valuable it's precious we need to maximize that time right in terms of intensity volume and so on and so forth I'm trying to figure out if if I should always be kind of hammering the gas pedal or or not if my clients, my, my, you know, general population clients that have kids or grandkids, like what's enough to move the needle in a meaningful way? One, one top set, something heavy and hard Two, like, are we talking about straight sets? Are we talk about pyramid sets. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but I'm trying to figure out a way to maximize efficiency with training with those clients, especially those that are my age or older. Because I don't know how they recover. I don't know what, right. you know? I don't know if there's, a, there's not a right answer here. And everybody accomplishes a certain amount of work and recovers differently. So this isn't a one-size-fits-all. But I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to maximize fitness. for I'm going to say the 35-plus-year-old that's a parent that just wants to be fit and like drink beers on the weekends and stuff. Like What does that look like? I don't know if I have a good answer for that. And I try really hard. The reason I think that I I think about it so much is because my life is not my clients' lives. I work in a gym. I get to work out five, six days a week. Like, I like meal prep. My life is not their life. So to maximize results for me is not that difficult because I'm teed up for success. But how do I tee up my clients for success on two workouts a week? What does that look like? How hard do I push? I don't know. I don't know if I have a a solid answer for that. And the other part of balancing this equation is you and I both know there are some exercises that are really great bang for your buck exercises. Probably five. If I had to just like narrow it down, like five things I want to do really well. You know how boring that workout is?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. We were talking about... We were talking about one lift sessions right? When, when we were hanging out on Saturday. We were talking about, what if you could only do two exercises, but one exercise a day? So, like, I think we were talking about just squats on day one and just pull-ups on day two. And that's all you could do, squats, pull-ups. Or obviously some sort of row. Fill fill in the blank with whatever works for you. But yeah, I mean, I think another thing that's important is, is that, I mean, two days a week, every week, is not bad.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Two days a week, here and there, is not good.
1: Right.
0: But if you're really talking about, okay, let's say 100 sessions a year. Right? Two weeks off. For vacation.
1: Sure.
0: Two sessions a week for a year. Hundred sessions a year. You can get you can get a lot done in a hundred sessions a year. I almost think, and again, you know, I'm for better or for worse, I'm still in very much like a Dan John mode of thinking from Palooza. But I'm almost thinking like, okay, what would the Dan John answer be here? And I almost think that he would probably have like, he would probably say something along the lines of two lifts on day one, two lifts on day two. Something that kind of upper and lower complement each other. Like a deadlift and a press on day one, and a squat and a row maybe on day two yeah and he would probably say I don't know he would probably say work up to like and actually I've seen you I've seen you talk about doing this like strategic supersets Mm -hmm. where you're like working up in intensity in two different patterns concurrently Mm -hmm. back and forth back and forth and then doing like some high rep bodybuilding at the end So, maybe day one could be your deadlift up to a heavy three Mm -hmm. and a press up to a heavy three, which might take you half an hour.
1: Say, yeah, say half an hour.
0: And then you have 20, 30 minutes to maybe just do a lot of volume along those same patterns.
1: I mean, that's typically how I like to do things, both as a trainee and as a coach. Because I think it checks a lot of boxes. You get strength work, you get hypertrophy work, like all of that. So I think it's a good, a decent approach. You know, obviously there's some leeway here and there. You know what I was thinking? If you only did two lifts a week, only two per workout, so let's say four lifts a week, but you wanted to rotate stuff in and out, week one... Could be a deadlift and a bench barbell bench, workout one. Workout two could be a squat and a pull-up. Week two could be an RDL and let's say an incline dumbbell bench, workout one. And workout two could be maybe a different variation of a squat and a chest supported row or a barbell row and then go back in week three to the week one program, maybe manipulate some variables. Week four would be the week two program mirrored, but different variables. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that could be enough. And you know what I like about the simplicity of that is because it's so simple, the intensity of effort can be really high. The focus can be really high. It's not, oh, well, you know, I know I'm going to deadlift going to press, but then I've got a shoulder press and a row and a lunge variation and so on and so forth coming up next. So like you only got two things and maybe let's say you have a window of 60 minutes to accomplish it, whether you use it or not, but only those two from a pure strength perspective, I bet you that could be enough if you really put in a lot of effort and focus in, in like three or four patterns. Um. Yeah. I
0: think
1: so. It just but it, it, again it depends on how you want to define fitness. Like are you going to burn a lot of fat and get like achieve fat loss maybe if your diet's in order. You're not going to get any cardio out of that. So so now we're talking about like how do you expand out from there? I think for a lot of people doing like walking or maybe some cardiovascular exercise on the off days. That's a pretty robust program right there, to be honest. Like, I don't think you need much more. And honestly, you know, my own um, strength and like ability, well, it's hard to to gauge because I've been strong and I've been fit in different ways in the past, like to different levels and intensity or whatever. But if I really wanted to simplify things, and maintain a certain amount of strength and commit the least amount of time to the actual gym, that's not a bad little program right there. Yeah. And you could periodize it out. You mean start with a hypertrophy variation of it, maybe work your way into strength work or, or flip flop, go to a, like a high intensity week to a moderate intensity volume week to a high intensity week or whatever. There's no right or wrong answer here. It's just, yeah. there are different ways. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't have the print copy, but I'm pretty sure I have Marty Gallagher's Purposeful Primitive on Kindle. And I'm pretty sure he goes into some some great detail on programming once or twice a week strength
1: training. I mean, I imagine it's pretty straightforward and basic. The problem, not the problem, the... It's not complicated. It's not complicated. <laughs> the, the programming is not complicated. I'm not, honestly, I'm not worried about the programming at all. I think it's the, it's the human element that's hard to work with. Because, mm. and you know that this happens. There's, there's, there are clients that you work with and there are tools that you have and, and there's a lot of different tools. Right. But some, some are better than others as far as driving a stimulus. I can, depending on our time, our creative constraints, our time, your abilities, your, your knowledge and expertise of the lift itself. There are exercises that I can choose to really drive a training adaptation very hard and very efficiently. It will not entertain you. That's, and I think that's the catch with working with, with gen-pop people is,
0: How much is entertainment?
1: The Venn diagram of entertaining exercises and very effective exercises is not one circle. Right. It's, it's two distinct circles with a little bit of overlap. Personally, I love boring. Love it. Like boring exercises. Uh, I like it. I thrive on it. The simplicity, it's kind of like my meal prep. It's predictable. It's manageable. I know what I'm getting into. It's hard work. Simple is better to me. The gym pop client, it's a little bit more challenging to balance because they're not there. They don't love training like I love training. So I have to balance that out. You know, like tomorrow, I've got four guys coming in at 530 in the morning and I'm going to hit them with some, I don't know, I didn't even write the warm-ups. I started to write their program today, and I didn't write the warm-up. I usually do, and I was like, you know what? I always always hit them with something... I always hit them with something fresh, or try to keep it fresh. Jeez, girl. Girl. (laughs) I try to hit them with something fresh when they walk in the door. So like, I don't know, rower or skier, bear crawls, pull-ups, hanging leg raises, leg curls, whatever. I'm just going to pick a bunch of random stuff that I think is good for warming up knees, shoulders, hips, whatever. I'm just going to be like, you know what? Bang, 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 bang. You get 10 minutes, get it done. And then now we're going to slow it way down. And tomorrow, this group in particular, what I'm going to have to do is I'm doing an A group and a B group. A is going to squat and B is going to do accessory work. That's not interfering with the squat and then flip. And then, once the second round goes, then accessory work, more accessory work or finishers or whatever. It just depends on timing. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I'm going to do things tomorrow. Just to like, and it works. It does. It works. But I have to forfeit a little bit of my own what I like to do, which is more slow, boring, whatever, because I got to balance it.
0: Yeah, that is the line that we tow as trainers.
1: It's almost like you got to hit them with a really obscure appetizer. And they're like, dang, this is great. I cannot wait for my meat and potatoes. <laughs> and, right. and then you give them a really sweet dessert. Right, okay. So that's what it is. It's, it's the appetizers like, whoa, this is okay. I'm in here, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And then meat and potatoes, which I like. Just steak and potatoes. That's good for you. And then, you know, maybe some greens in there. You know, it's good, you gotta have some greens, the stuff, you know, vegetables. Everybody knows they need them. Right. Not everybody loves eating them. So, but, but we all know it's good for you. So you gotta have some vegetables in there. And then on the back end, some awesome dessert. Mm. Some like bang, that. some bangerang dessert. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how I go about things in my gym. Great metaphor. So, Yeah.
0: A good workout is like a good meal.
1: Yeah. And I think that's honestly, that's what I've learned as coaching for this many years is like hook them in the beginning. Kind of, you know, I don't punch them in the jaw yet. That's usually the hard, heavy stuff. I kind of like a little smack across the face. Oh, especially maybe, maybe a little cold water splash okay. at 530 in the morning. And then I'm nice and I'm like, hey guys, we're just gonna, we're only gonna squat. And you can take as much time as you want. How, you know, we're gonna work up to, today we're gonna work up to like a solid eight. And we're just gonna hang out there. And we're just gonna chill, just relax, have a good time, enjoy the ride. And then towards the end, I'm like, maybe, uh, maybe we'll pick up the tempo a little bit. I don't know. And then by the end, they're breathing heavy and sweating on the floor. And I'm like, what happened?
0: I like that. Yeah. It's
1: not an old defining fitness at 35, but it's our tangent that we... I was
0: going to say, uh, yeah, well, staying in the game in any way that feels good is key. Because, you know, I mean, listen, to be fair, man, like we're we're in our own little bubble here of like strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people out there honestly aren't doing much of anything. But, you know, you have people who are into various group classes, you have people who are into CrossFit, you have people who are into running, Pilates, yoga, maybe some combination thereof, you know, so staying in the game is, is very important. Strength training is also very important. I mean, as obvious as as that is to say, and anybody who's listening to this is going to be like, duh, but whether that's calisthenics, barbells, kettlebells, you know, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, strongman, whatever you do, as long as you're maintaining good, real strength through range of motions in your Hinge, squat, push, pull. You just gotta check those boxes, and you gotta be able to maintain that in any way that, any way that makes sense.
1: Well, you know, if you're gonna be there and you're gonna be doing the thing, like part of my language, but like fuck it up, like don't come in soft. Like this happens occasionally in my gym where. And I have to be careful because I also try to meet clients where they're at. So if they've had a rough day, a rough night, or they don't feel good or whatever, I try to meet them where they're at. But at the same time, we're here to, like, it's not supposed to be comfortable. If you want to be comfortable, then go to a spa. We're not at the spa. So, and I try to casually and nicely, like, remind my clients, I'm like, we're not here I'm not here to be nice about it. Like I'm gonna be nice, but like this is supposed to be hard. That's quite literally the point. So embrace it. Fucking run headfirst into it. And as long as I'm doing my job as a coach, I'm not putting you at risk. I'm not putting you in positions or under loads that I think are risky. Or if I do think that they are risky, we talk about it. I'm like, hey, we're we're venturing into new territory. So I did this today. I had two sisters that worked together. They had never, they have been working on their deadlifts for a while. They'd never deadlifted 145 pounds, but 135 was moving fast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you want to try 145, I actually gave them the option. They were both sitting at 135, one on trap bar, one on barbell. I was like, you have the option. If you decide to stay at the current weight, give me another five. You just gave me five. I know you got it. Just give me another five. If you want to venture to 145, oh, yeah. I don't know, one or more. If you got more, take it. If you get the one and you like that, I'm cool with that. If you get into 145 and for some reason it feels terrible, just let it go. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. We're just going to see what you got. So I give them the autonomy to make the decision. Because it's it's hard work one way or another. 135 for five is hard work. Right. 145 for one is hard work. It's all hard work. But I'm like, we're here to work. So... Yeah. I'm going to be nice about a couple of things, but, like, it's not my job to be nice and, like, massage, <laughs> massage the weights heavier, here, you know? Yeah, I, and I tell Andy's, my, Andy's not coming in with a soft touch. I, t- I tell my male clients, especially, especially this 530 group tomorrow morning, I'll be like, all right, we're going to do, you know, this, 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 and this. And then after we get through all that, I'm going to punch you in the face, oh figuratively speaking. So they know it's coming. I at least tell them I'm like, hey. We're gonna work on these these couple things, and then later I'm gonna punch you in the face. There you go. So, but yeah, it's just my my way of coaching people to be like, hey, we're here to work.
0: Yeah. Don't be a
1: bitch. That's it. Dbab, right, Summer? He's like, you're right, Dad. That's what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> Dude, uh, Summer is getting a a real education in the light side and the dark side of the fitness industry by being a fly on the wall in these podcasts. light yeah,
1: side. I mean, it's like anything, right? If you want to be really good at anything in life, do you, can you be good by just casually meandering through a skill?
0: It doesn't happen by accident.
1: Right. I see your guitar here. I own a guitar. I never.
0: I was gonna say, is your is your guitar set up beside your work desk? No. Oh, my it's guitar not.
1: It's actually not even in my house right now. <laughs> my guitar is in someone else's house right now. Oh. Point being, if anybody listening to this podcast is like, I wonder who's a better guitar player, it's probably the guy whose guitar is right next to his work desk, not mm-hmm. the one who doesn't even know he knows where it is, but vaguely. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you want to be, yeah, if you want to be good at something, you should probably go pretty hard in the paint. Otherwise, like, what's the point?
0: Right on, man. I think that's a good
1: place to wrap up. So, Summer, what do you think? She's like, geez, Louise, dead. Is she she's trying to sleep?
0: She's giving me the side eye. Okay. Which probably means she's thinking it's time for you to wrap up. It's time for you, sir, to celebrate your... 35th birthday
1: you know what I almost thought about doing body weight squat 35 in a row I haven't lifted yet this week I can still do it 180 it would be 180 but I'd probably push it to 185 185? Yeah. 35 in a row hmm. I don't know if I've got actually I bet you do, I bet you I do have it because I've been doing the Hatfield I had like 275 for like 12 okay so I think one third or 185 for 35 in a row, I don't want to do it. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't yeah. want to do
0: that. Yeah, that is a classic birthday challenge is body weight squat for your, for your age.
1: No, if you were like, you can break it up, then I'd be like, easy. 35 in a row is the part that I'm like, woof. Huh. And also like, is that even a good use of my time? Is that, is that good training? I don't think that's good training. Let's put it this way. If I was 40, if I had a client who was 40 and decently fit and weighed 185 and was like, I want to squat 185 40 times, I'd be like, I don't think that's a good idea. So why would I do it? All right. I've convinced myself to not do that. There you go. All right. Well, I'll figure out something to do.
0: We'll do a birthday challenge on my birthday. Okay. Because I'm actually, I actually like birthday challenges.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: And then you can, you can lift My body
1: weight. That's fair. I like that 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 even better. Scaled for you. I like that even better. Maybe if I'm really lucky, I'll be 10 pounds lighter than I am now, but we'll see. Well,
0: if you're unlucky, maybe I'll be 10 pounds heavier. I think you're
1: going to have to start eating some more beef and rice, bro.
0: All right. Well, with that, (laughs) I have some beef and rice to make. (laughs) This has been the A to Z No BS show. Thank you so much for listening. Andy, Zach, Baby Summer. We will see you next time. Goodbye.